0: Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals, hope you're well. So if you guys watched my video last night, we did a deep dive on the BIS's new plan for a global central bank digital currency, CBDC. It's not really a a CBDC, it's more uh, like we've been talking about on this channel, a central bank or a centralized ledger system. They call it a unified ledger. And this has gone from being a conspiracy theory call it two years ago, to something that, oh, well, now they're talking about, to now that they're really, really pushing. I mean, this is moving very, very quickly. So in my mind, this is one of the biggest stories that we should be following. So in case you didn't watch that video last night, I know it was a long one. Let's go ahead and check out a summary here. We're going to go to this website called ledgerinsights.com, and uh, they claim to be all about blockchain for business. So you would assume that they would know kind of about the back-end plumbing and whatnot. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they really do, but uh, that's okay. They give us a a summary here of what's going on. So today, the BIS, this was yesterday, pre-released a chapter of its upcoming annual economic report 2023. It focuses on tokenization. In a February BIS letter, Augustine, that's the fat guy with no neck, outlined the unified ledger concept to support central bank digital currencies. So basically, as you guys know from watching my videos, money other than green pieces of paper is nothing more than just kind of a, a ledger. It's just who keep, keep track of who owes who what. And so what they want to do is they want to take all of the all of the decentralized ledgers within a country. they want to move them onto, The central bank. And then they want to take those ledgers and move them onto this unified ledger that is controlled by the BIS. Not only controlled, but by the way, programmed. Uh, When they talk about tokenization, this is just a fancy way of saying that they can program the ledger to have rules set up by them to micromanage money, to micromanage your assets, to gather all information, not just some, all. And then obviously to micromanage your life. While borrowing numerous concepts from the crypto world, the chapter nonetheless dismissive. Crypto, the decentralized DeFi, have offered a glimpse of tokenization's promise, but crypto is a flawed system that cannot take the mantle future. So why? Why do they say this? Basically, I read the whole 34 pages, and I'm actually, I think, going to read it again today. And their argument here is that uh, basically something that's not in the control of the central planners is going to be flawed. It's not going to be as efficient, and therefore, we cannot leave this up to the free market. This cannot be decentralized. Uh, There's just too much risk involved. We get terrorism. We get money laundering. We get volatility in prices. We get the boom-bust cycle. We get all these things, and if we can just centralize it, then we can eliminate those things from happening. Now, of course, what they don't go into is the risks, the dangers, the slippery slope in giving a small group of people control over every single human's money, assets, information, data, life. But obviously, if they were concerned about that downside, they wouldn't be central planners. They wouldn't be authoritarians. They wouldn't be Marxists. They wouldn't be eugenicists. They wouldn't be Malthusians. By very definition, they're completely blind to the fact that this gives them an incredible... Well, they might not be blind to that fact, but they're completely blind... To the potential downside. So even if you have someone that works at the BIS, like we're going to get into this guy, his name is Hyun Song Shin. He is sitting there arguing about how many benefits this has. And it is true. Yes, absolutely. There are massive efficiencies that would be gained and there would be huge benefits. But at what cost? You see, they sit there and even if, let's just assume for a moment that the BIS was a completely benign entity right now. Every single individual, even the fat guy with no neck, let's just assume that they had the best intentions for society at large. Let's just assume that. And their intentions were similar to the intentions of the average Joe and Jane. Let's just assume that for a moment. But see, as central planners, they're like, well, wait a minute, who's this crazy guy, George, on YouTube? He's talking about how we're going to use this to micromanage people's life? Of course not. Of course, that's not our intention. No. That's misinformation. That's disinformation. We need to ban this guy from social media because he's spreading lies. But as you guys know, that's not really what I'm saying. Now, do I think these people see the world the same way we do? No. But even if they do, problem is you're consolidating and centralizing all of this power. And even if these people, The current cast of characters, even if they're not evil, at some point in the near future, someone that is evil (laughs) will take control of that system. It goes back to what we talk about all the time. And I think uh, Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell talked about this extensively. It's the idea that as government gets bigger or as power is more and more centralized, it's going to attract people that have an insatiable lust for that power. So even if the people involved right now have the best intentions of the world, that, that's fine. That's fine. I can assure you that a megalomaniac is going to see that and they're going to position themselves to a point where they have power over that centralized system that was created, let's say, with good intentions. But for some reason, you know, the people that work within this system, let's call them the useful idiots they they just I don't know if they're just engineers and they 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 just don't have the capacity to recognize human nature because that's kind of a foreign concept to them. So they just want to engineer something with rules and guidelines and uh, you know zeros and ones and and if you that's why they like working with computers because a computer if you just tell it to do this it's going to do that whereas if a human if you tell them to do who knows what they're going to do. So maybe it's they're just so maybe they're just so they're they're in such a bubble of engineering that they don't even consider. Well, wait a minute here, if we're consolidating, it may have some benefits. But what if the wrong person gets control of this? Like I don't think it even enters their their imagination. I don't even think it enters their consciousness. Giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. Okay, let's get back to it here. So they talk about how a decentral, de- decentralized will never work because it's so flawed. Uh, instead, it points to new silos created by numerous banks and others that have launched permission token projects. Okay, now they're still just throwing everyone under the bus. Okay, saying how it needs to be centralized. And here's the 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 Shin guy, bringing together central bank money, commercial money, and different assets on the same platform, all tokenized and interacting, opens up a whole new range of possibilities. It does, Shin. It it really does. It opens up the possibility of transactions happening far more efficiently, and it opens up the possibility of a megalomaniac like Hitler taking control over it and using it for world domination, pros and cons. He says this would be a game changer in how we think about money and how transactions take place. Agreed. Agreed. But it's just completely oblivious (laughs) to how human nature Sees this and the flaws that we have as humans in a media briefing, Shin compared the benefits of tokenization, the gains moving from paper to electronic record-keeping. Yeah, totally agree. There would be those gains. That is undeniable, but at what cost? At what risk? right? I mean, you know, it always goes back to the movie "Silence of the Lambs." I always use that as an example. and you could sit there and say, "Oh my gosh." If we gave Hannibal Lecter power over the entire world in the monetary system, man, we would get some serious efficiencies there. And it would be a game changer. Yeah, it it would. It probably would. And I'll bet you that he could implement policy far more efficient than a system that's decentralized. But do we really want to give Hannibal Lecter that power? What's the downside there? That's my point. And this is what they never address. It's like they're incapable of of looking at world... Uh, history through the lens of human nature, for heaven's sakes. So let's get down to this question. Is this what Big Brother looks like? When first hearing the concept, it's understandable to have some reservations. You don't say. The first one, is that the idea of it one gigantic network? Yeah, that's a problem. Then they go on to say, instead, the BIS envisions regional networks. I'm sure this is what they do envision, but where are the regional networks located? They all communicate through one central network. And that's controlled by the BIS. If it's not, then what's the difference between the system of networks and ledgers we have right now? It's the exact same. And one, I'm trying to find this specific paragraph because they reference digitizing or uh, um, using a digital token instead of or what would represent a dollar. And your deposits would be digital tokens. And what is weird is that the way they describe this it's literally exactly like the current system there is no change whatsoever so either this author isn't understanding how the current system works or he's not understanding what the BIS is saying or the BIS is saying that they're making this new system that's pretty much exactly like the current system other than the fact that the current system to to a very large degree is decentralized especially when you look at the Euro dollar system, and they're just saying we want to centralize the current system. That would probably be my base case. So then they go on to talk about how privacy is so important. And they say that, in this guy who was writing this article, he's like, yeah, don't worry about the privacy thing. It might be an issue at first glance, but don't worry about it because the BIS has this uh, this project that they're working on, and this is going to guarantee privacy, as if... You and I are worried about some third party, some average Joe and Jane having our data. No, 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 BIS. We're not worried about that. We're worried about you having the data. So in the in the eyes of the BIS, privacy is anyone other than the global elite and you having your information. That would be a privacy concern. But the fact that they have all your information, well, that no, 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 that that that's, that doesn't qualify. So privacy to them what they're implying is the, the, the way they're defining this is them having all of your data. That to them is still considered private. Where privacy is a concern is if a party outside of them has your data. That in and of itself should scare the hell out of you. All right. Now, let's kind of think through where we left off last night because you know this is different from a standpoint Of They want to not only control the money, not only control the information, the data, but they want to take it even further and they want to control the assets through tokenizing assets and having them on this unified ledger ledger, and then setting up smart contracts that would require pretty much GPS location, among many other things, on all vehicles, on all ships, on all semi-trucks, on all cars. Pretty much anything that moves, they would, ha- they would need a tracking device on that, which you guys know they're already doing with cars. So they're thinking about utilizing the infrastructure that's already there, implementing into this and then building smart contracts around it. But that would require them to not only know how much money you have, where the money is, it would then require them knowing all of your assets and then controlling all of the assets. Obviously, they're issuing credit and controlling all that and controlling interest rates. But then it would also require them to have all of the data, not just the data on your transactions. No, 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 no. Not even close. It would require them having all the data on your transactions and all the data where the goods, services, and human beings are traveling all at the same time and where they are specifically on the planet Earth. So... The question becomes, first and foremost, and I think this is a big question that not enough people ask themselves. If you are someone that is opposed to this type of tyranny, if you are someone who is in favor of freedom, liberty, privacy, a decentralized free market, if that's you and you're saying to yourself, you know what, when they implement this CBDC or this stupid unified ledger thing, I'm going to check out of the system. I'm not going to be a part of that. The first question you have to ask yourself is how will you know if they've implemented the system to begin with? And this is not an easy question to answer because if you read their report, if you understand the mechanics, if you understand the plumbing, it's very easy. Uh, it, It is very easy for you to see how they could implement this unified ledger without you even knowing. So that's what I always ask people to ask themselves is how do you know you're not using a CBDC right now? Like it's one o'clock almost Eastern time. I'm sure many of you have eaten today, breakfast. Maybe you've gone and purchased something. Maybe you put gas in your car. Maybe you paid your rent. How do you know that you weren't using a CBDC? How do you know that that transaction wasn't already on Fatnex Unified Ledger System? How would you know? You see, the answer is you wouldn't. So one of the things that I would suggest is continue to use cash wherever and whenever you can. Because if you can use cash, and if you can do it without identifying yourself, that's key. You know that although they may have a unified ledger, they haven't set it up to the degree to which they can track things enough to do something like issue a climate score, social score, et cetera. They could still use it to extend credit. They could still still track a lot of the data but it wouldn't be as precise. Now, once you start, if assuming they're not banning cash here, but once they, once you start paying with cash and you have to identify yourself, then you know that it's most likely already in place. So as an example, you go into the grocery store and before you pay, you have to give them your ID. Before you pay with cash, you have to give them your ID. Or let's say you go in and you want to pay with cash, but to do so, you've got to give them your fingerprint. Or they ha- you see that they're taking your picture. They, they say it's for security, for security, for your security. But really, it's facial re- recognition. So when you pay with cash, they know that George Gammon just paid with cash, not just some random person paid with cash that you can't identify. So I know that's not that easy because there's cameras everywhere, and you don't know if the camera that is set up in your local Whole Foods or Safeway or gas station, you don't know if that's identifying you and therefore identifying the fact that you bought X, Y, and Z, regardless of whether you use cash. But this is, is is one thing that you can do and start to pay attention to if you're paying cash, which I'd, I'd strongly suggest doing when you can. Uh, if you're using cash, do they have a way to identify you? Just while you're going through the motions of your daily routine and purchases, just ask yourself the question. And if you believe it's harder and harder, number one, to use cash and harder and harder for, that, for you to use cash without identifying yourself, then you know we're either getting close or we're already there. So, again, the first thing that you can do to survive and thrive in a world of central bank digital currencies is be aware of when they actually implement one. And if you're not paying attention, like the normies and 90% of the people out there, it, even if you're worried about a CBDC, you're not even going to know once they've implemented one unless you get your social score, then you're like, hmm, I wonder how they determine that. Then I guess you'll know. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as forward slash pro that's georgegammon.com forward slash pro we'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level another thing that we have to realize here and i just tweeted this out is a lot of people think that well i'll just operate outside the system i'll just use bitcoin i'll just use gold i'll just use x y and z you know that's fine and dandy and that would be a solution but you have to realize that bitcoin isn't at that level yet what i mean by that is you can go places like in el salvador or whatnot and maybe someplace in the united states or wherever and they will accept bitcoin as payment that is absolutely true that doesn't mean they're pricing things in bitcoin big 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 difference and even if they price something in Bitcoin or they price something in gold or whatever it is, that price most likely, 99%, will fluctuate with the dollar price of Bitcoin, gold, silver, etc. Why is that? Why is that? Why can't we just flip a switch and uh, you know these stores just start pricing their goods in Bitcoin and then you just accept Bitcoin? Problem solved, right? Wrong. Because then that would require the entire supply chain to also... Use Bitcoin, using that as an example. Also use the alternate currency that hopefully is outside of the system, right? And that's assuming that they don't have to identify you before you make a purchase, that's a separate topic. But assuming that hasn't happened yet, right? You would have to have everyone in that supply chain. Why? Because there's no way that store owner can take the currency risk or the FX risk, which is basically what they're doing by accepting Bitcoin, but yet all their expenses are denominated in dollars or pesos or euros or whatever it is, right? There's no way that they could do that. So then it, you have to reduce the volatility, right? For more people to accept it and for it to be used in a greater percentage of the overall supply chain. Now, will that happen? I don't know. But I know that if it does happen, it's going to take years. And I'm talking most likely decades. And I think even the the strongest Bitcoin proponents would say, yeah, that that's not going to happen anytime soon. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, if that is our release valve, if that is a potential escape from this tyranny, when will this tyranny be thrust upon us? What, what timeframe are we looking at here? My guess, probably within five years. And of course, this depends on how many crises we have and how severe those crises are. The more crises we have, the more severe they are, the higher the probability that they implement this unified ledger system. Because one thing is for sure, that these central planners and authoritarians will never, ever, ever let a crisis go to waste. And we know their game plan. So obviously every crisis we get, they're going to push this further. Well, you know, we wouldn't have had this darn banking crisis if we would have had the unified ledger. Oh, you know, those depositors wouldn't have taken a haircut if we would have had the unified ledger. Oh, you know, Russia, they wouldn't have started the war with Ukraine if we would have had the unified ledger. We could have just froze their assets, done. Oh, you know that terrorist bombing? Well, that obviously never would have happened with the Unified Ledger. I mean, this is going to be like climate change, where every single problem that we have in the news, they somehow spin it to where, well, well, obviously that's a result of climate change. Or, well, obviously that's a result of climate change and a result of not having the Unified Ledger. So the more crises they can create or take advantage of, the more the solution becomes centralized control centralized power centralized money so another thing that we can do is number 1 realize that you got to know when they implement it and that's hard to do so start paying attention number 2 is you got to realize that that although it would be fantastic something like using bull uh, excuse me uh, bitcoin gold silver etc that's probably not a solution because they're likely going to implement this prior to the ecosystem evolving to a point where things could actually be priced in that alternative currency or form of money, let's say. You guys got to be realistic about this stuff, right? So then the the next thing that you can do is for heaven's sakes, set up a plan B. Now, I obviously want to do whatever we can to push back against this. And other than just voting, I, I don't know what you can do. And what's unfortunate about just voting is the politicians—they don't understand the plumbing. They don't understand this stuff. You know, DeSantis comes out and talks about how it's illegal in Florida for a central bank digital currency. Well, what are you talking about, dude? That just is. Tell me you don't understand how the monetary system works without telling me you don't understand how the monetary system works. That's pretty much these guys. These politicians are clowns. They're clowns. They, they don't understand this stuff. So to sit there and say, well, I'm going to vote for Ron DeSantis or Trump or whoever, right? Because I know that they're, they're against a central bank digital currency. Who cares? They don't even know what it is, for heaven's sakes. They wouldn't even know if it hit them on the side of the head. I guarantee you, if the BIS implemented this unified ledger and JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, blah, 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 are on board, I guarantee you Ron DeSantis wouldn't even know if they didn't tell him. So... Although I think it's great to vote for people who are are, are, are saying they're against this, I, I don't think that's a panacea, <laughs> a long way from it. But that doesn't mean that I, I personally wouldn't, uh, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't vote for them. It just means that I don't think that's a solution. You, that, you can't just sit back and say, well, I voted for Ron DeSantis, so we don't have to worry about this anymore. So another thing, other than being completely aware, trying to use cash, another thing I think you can do is... Consider a plan B. Now, it is true. I I realize that this is not a solution for the majority of Americans or people in the developed world. I get it. But for heaven's sakes, just start doing some research, man. It is true that the majority of emerging markets and frontier markets, at some point in time, if this nightmare comes to fruition, will be plugged in to this global unified ledger system, this Orwellian Marxist tyranny. We'll call it, but it's going to take them a hell of a lot longer, a lot longer, and it buys you some time, which I think could be very, very valuable. So let's just assume for a moment that an alternative payment system that was completely decentralized, in order for it to evolve to a level to where you could actually use it without having to reduce your standard of living back to the 1700s, and that was the other thing that I was going. To, let me write that down here because that's definitely worth going over. So that may be an option for people. But uh, that let's say that's going to take 15 years. Okay, great. Well, if you can go to some country that's not going to implement this insanity for 15 years, that buys you time. And I can guarantee you, Europe, United States, Australia, Canada are going to implement this prior to Sudan. <laughs> not that you'd want to live there, but you get what I'm saying. They're going to implement it prior to, uh, most likely prior to Mexico, prior to... Columbia, prior to, I'm trying to think of other places, but you get what I'm saying, right? I'm trying to think of other places that you actually want to go uh, that would fall into that category. So, So really start considering that. And then if you can't figure out a plan B outside of the United States, which I think is optimal, you got to think of one inside the United States. You have to. And then you have to come to a realization that you're going to have to make a very difficult choice. You're either going to have to unplug from this system Or you're either going to have to remain plugged into this system and let it control you and your life, or you're going to have to reduce your standard of living to a point where you don't have to be involved with the supply chain. You don't have to be involved with that system, right? Now, for some people, this may be improving their standard of living. It depends on what your priorities are. For me, I don't really like the whole rural lifestyle, so it would be decreasing, but you, you, you've got to come to the realization that if you want to stay in the United States, you're going to have to make that decision. And if you want to stay in the system, you're you're in main, t- you know, and maximize freedom, not maintain it. You're not going to maintain it, but maximize the little freedom you will have. You're going to have to learn how to barter between people. You're going to have to learn how to barter those climate credits that you're going to get. Right. And I, I saw someone in the chat here mention the Amish. And this is a great example. I, I've it kind of sounds funny, but I've actually been thinking about the Amish a lot this morning and a lot since last night. But keep in mind, the Amish still use dollars. So even the Amish couldn't complete. Now, I'm sure there's some Amish people that don't even do that, that just completely use barter. But think about what your standard, just think about that for one moment. Assume right now, or even within the next three years, you knew that you would have to transact only using a system of barter with a community of like-minded individuals, what would happen to your standard of living? It would basically go back to the 1700s. Unfortunately, uh, unless you're willing to move, that that's going to be a reality if you want to live without, with, uh, outside of that system. But unfortunately, that is predicated upon them not making this illegal. And I think that's something, that we need to think about. Right. Because my good friend, Robert Barnes, as you know, he's representing uh, someone in the Amish community as we speak right now. And this person sells milk and cheese and food products to the general public. And what are they doing? They're making it illegal for him to do that. Why? Because it's not approved by the FDA. And so I I think he might even be facing jail time. I don't know that for sure. You'd have to ask Barnes. But uh, this is this Amish guy that grows super healthy food, but it's just not approved by the FDA, and they're coming down on him, the feds. So, you know, in this world of a unified ledger, if you have a community where you're just growing things yourself and bartering, uh, you know, is that going to be legal? I don't know. It it might not be. But these are the tough decisions that I think you need to really think through right now. And ask yourself, what's the line in the sand going to be? You know, how much surveillance am I willing to live with? How much of the unified ledger, how much control over my money am I willing to live with just to try to maintain my standard of living? And then figure out where that line in the sand is for you, because it's different for everybody. And then realize that if you want to completely unplug from that system, you're basically going to have to live like uh, the Amish, if that's legal, if you want to remain in the United States. Uh, if you don't want to live like the Amish, then you're going to have to figure out a plan B that's in another country. That That's pretty much what your options are right now. And I, I wish I had some silver bullet. Like, oh, oh, yeah, sure, you can still live in Miami. And oh, sure, you can still live in Dallas or you can live in here and there. And all you have to do is just uh, pay with gold or something. But no, uh, unfortunately, that's not an option, man. I just don't want to be realistic with people. Now, what I still need to think through is how we could just say no. Because throughout history, that has been a solution for everything. That has always been the ultimate solution to tyranny, is where you just have enough people that that stand up and say no. The the problem that I'm having with that and trying to kind of think that through is in order for everyone or or enough people to stand up and say no, you, you have to know that the system has been implemented. And if you don't even know they're implementing it, then how can you get a large group of people to stand up and say, no, it's, it's like the frog boiling slowly in the water. It, it doesn't even know that it's happening. So if there's not some signal, right. And that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of this video that would, that, that would make, that would make you realize that, Holy cow, they did it. They implemented this CBDC. They implemented what I was concerned with. No, I'm going to stand up and say, no. And another 4 million people are going to do it around the United States. And we're going to set up a trucker movement and we're going to bring these SOBs down and we're not going to allow them to do this. But again, let's, let's look at the truckers. Let's use them as an example. They were fantastic from a standpoint as they stood up and said no, but they were, but they stood up and said no because they knew that the policies were being implemented that they were saying no to. So if they would have had no way of even knowing that the policies were being implemented, would they have set up? Would they have stood up and said no? So this is a real big problem that I, I need to to think about, and I'm going to read that paper a few more times to see, to, so I understand it better than anybody, and then I can see some points of weakness to where I, I, I think I'll be able to tell if X Y Z is happening. Then it's most likely that they are implementing or have already implemented. Because the one thing I know for sure is they aren't stupid. They realize how much negative press is around this CBDC nonsense. They realize how much ne- pushback they're going to get from, the, uh, so, from social media, from the alternative media space, from people, if you want to put me in that category. Uh, I don't know if I'd put myself in that category, but uh, you guys understand, maybe, hopefully Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk. Uh, they, so why would they announce this? Like if they can't get full support for this stupid pro- why would they even announce it? They just implement it. So I'm not going to review everything. It has been a long video. If you want to uh, go through the details, just watch this again. Josh, if you do me a favor and put that report, I know we put it in a link in the description last night. Uh, if you go ahead and do that again, I would appreciate it. That BIS report so everyone can read it and then they can have a better idea of how they're going to implement this. I will do a whiteboard video tomorrow. They'll come out Friday night that will uh, give you a a whiteboard version of the mechanics and the plumbing behind what they're trying to implement. And hopefully, uh, as a group here, uh, we can start to understand this very, very, very well to the point where we can know if they actually are implementing it. And then we can figure out how by standing up and saying no, that we can actually move the needle. I think that's what this is all about. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you on the next video.